Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You can find all three of those books on Amazon. You can find them at DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I mentioned. Some of you might not know that I have a an online community where I am mentoring moms in simplifying and slowing down in their homeschooling. So I would love for you to listen in just to hear a little bit more about that. Have you ever heard the phrase, more isn't better? Sometimes it's just more. The Simply Unhurried community is here to unburden you, to help you find joy in slowing down and simplifying your homeschooling so you can enjoy this journey with your kids. A while back, I created the Unhurried Homeschooler Mentoring Course. Throughout these videos, I help moms understand what it looks like to take a more simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling at all the different grade levels. This video course is free to all members of the Simply Unhurried community. You can watch the videos at your own pace or jump into a group that's watching them together and discussing them along the way. In addition to the course, you'll find other topics like general homeschooling, unhurried homeschooling at all age levels, and homeschooling struggling learners, as well as resources, practical tips, and conversation that will inspire and encourage you. So please click the link in the show notes and begin to find what you need to simplify, slow down, and love the homeschooling life that God's given you. Okay, mom, so in the last podcast, we talked about fear and how God graciously gives us tools to help us overcome fear. We talked about the power of reading aloud to help overcome fear. But now, um, but we also know that God wants us to uh, not only put off certain things like fear, um, but to put on things, specific things. And so we put off fear and we want to put on joy, right? So today, my friend Jennifer Pepito is back to share with us about the power of reading aloud to recapture joy. Uh, Jennifer Pepito is the founder of The Peaceful Press, a company committed to providing learning resources that promote connection between parents and children. Jennifer's wisdom has also been featured on Wild and Free, the Mob Society, The Washington Post, and Home Educating Family. She unlocked the power of a well-told story, and she wants you to do the same thing. Jennifer, welcome back. It's great to have you again. Oh, thanks for having me, Dorenda. This is such a treat. Yeah, I love chatting with you too. You know, um, it's so much fun to talk with uh, moms who are a little further down the road, the, the veteran homeschooling moms, I guess we would call ourselves. <laughs> Um, and I love being able to bring another mom like that onto the podcast and just sharing that um, that wisdom that just really can only come with time. And so in the last podcast, we talked about um, uh, reading aloud to overcome fear. Can you share with us what it looks like to just emerge on the other side of fear? 
You know, I think that for most of us, there is not necessarily an emerging, but it continued as like, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, Heinz Feet on High Places, mm-hmm. you know, and there are, there are high and low places on that journey. But I think that it's learning how to continually take those thoughts captive and say, I'm loved by God and therefore I can be playful and fun mm-hmm. and um, trusting instead of this anxious, worry, manipulative, controlling person right. that fear makes us. Right, exactly. I love I love what you said about about being loved. When we know we're loved, it just it changes everything. All the the big scary things somehow shrink in size, especially when we're loved by a God who is just so perfectly great at loving us, you know. Um so I I and I like what you said about um not necessarily emerging because we're always going to have to be um overcoming fear throughout our lives. But, uh, but just when we start to, you know, see ourselves overcoming it little by little by little in different circumstances, then the next circumstance comes along and we have, we have something to look back on, um, to, uh, sort of add to and inspire our faith to trust and to, um, and to continue to, um, just allow ourselves to, uh, move forward in overcoming fear again, whatever, even if it looks different, um, having that ability to look back and and see God's faithfulness and see how he brought us through and how we didn't actually need to be um, enslaved to that um, is just, it becomes like a practice for us, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think that what you're offering in your book is a is a type of practice to help us do that. Exactly. So that, you know, because I had overcome so many fears in my life, a lot of those common mothering fears, but then the whole pandemic season brought up Mm -hmm. new ones. Mm -hmm. But because I had a practice of overcoming fear of using those tools, I could keep on singing and taking my thoughts captive and using those good habits, just all of the things that I talk about in the book. I could use those to keep turning towards joy, even if a new fear came up. Exactly, exactly. And moms, I don't think what we're talking about here is self-help. I, this is something we do with the Lord's help. He He strengthens us and gives us the ability to do that. But I really believe He does faithfully equip us with tools to um, to use. And that's one of the ways that He provides for us. So I love... Um, I love what you're sharing in this book, but I'd love for you to share some of your favorite books to recommend to mothers with young kids. Oh, I love that. Um, You know, one of the first homeschool books I read, which I really feel like gave me a vision for what it could look like for the beauty and the relationship and the joy was the Charlotte Mason Companion. Mm -hmm. It's a really easy to read book, but she just kind of lays out some of the major principles of a more literature-based education. Mm -hmm. And that gave me such a vision for not a school atmosphere where we're all seating sorry, seated at desks Mm -hmm. all day, Mm -hmm. but rather a a learning environment where we would read stories together and talk about them and cuddle on the couch and take care of our pets and have a garden, just more of an atmosphere and a lifestyle of learning. So I feel like for young moms, the best thing is just to start, read the books that give you a vision of what a family life could be. Even a Mm -hmm. novel like the book, um, the, I think it's called The Awakening of Miss Prim. It's a novel, and I believe it's based in like a village in Spain or something. But it it almost shows like the the community and the 
uh, attention to what is beautiful and true and good that helps us have a vision for what our family life could be and what our homeschool could be. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a, um, you know, without vision, the people perish, it says, I think in Proverbs. And there there does have to be an idea of what we're going for as a family, as opposed to just kind of sliding along with the culture. Exactly. And I think that's the wonderful thing about books is a lot of times um, the most inspirational books are the ones that actually just put into words or tell in a story what you already have on your heart as a mom for your kids. And I know those are the most powerful books for me um, that I have, you know, just read and gone, you know, I, I can totally see I can totally see, like you said, have sort of a vision for, it's it's not something I'm conjuring up that's like not even realistic, but it's more like I can see how this, this type of thinking, this type of motivation, this type of direction, this type of lifestyle would fit like a glove for our particular family in our particular circumstances. And I think that's so important for moms to be able to make that connection um, in order to really have a joyful homeschooling journey or even a parenting journey for that matter. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why, you know, I wrote a book about how books help me overcome fear because what they, those books do is they give you a vision for what, you know, how you could respond in a crisis or, you know, reading about how the mother in Little Britches just kept working to create a happy atmosphere. Like on Sundays, they'd go Mm -hmm. read aloud together and have a picnic. And, you know, the the ways that these mothers shape their homes through their love and their diligence are so inspiring. And I, I feel like young moms do need to have that kind of a vision because so many moms didn't have a mom who was working to create a home or create a, an atmosphere of learning and joy and love. Absolutely. And I think that's where we have to sort of like in our particular family, maybe blaze the trail. I feel like I did that in many ways and and actually continue to do that even as a grandparent. But the idea of of overcoming, uh, you talked about overcoming fear and now we're recapturing joy, but it sounds to me like what you're saying is another way to word it would be you're cultivating joy. So you're not like, you're not uh, you're, it actually takes some investment and some, and maybe even some time. Um, I think that's something that we don't, uh, our, this culture doesn't have a lot of patience. And so I would want moms to know that you're, you're sowing seeds and you're cultivating, just like when you were, if you're planting a garden, you're going to start planting um, those seeds of joy um, in, again, so many of these ideas and so many ways are, um, talked about in uh, the books that uh, I think that Jennifer is referring to and just in her book, Mothering by the Book, which I I don't think we even gave the title yet, but um, that is the title of Jennifer's latest book where she is talking about these very things and about... um, and about how how this happens. And, and do you have book suggestions in your book? Yes, for sure. There's a whole, you know, each chapter is based on a piece of literature or, you know, one of our favorite stories that we've read out loud to our children during our homeschool years. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of each chapter, there's a further reading list for overcoming those different fears. But I love that you talked about cultivating joy because, you know, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So there's an element of, of really needing to focus on joy, even when things are hard. Mm-hmm. But I also think that overcoming fear gives us the permission to choose something that brings joy 
over something that we're doing yeah. just to keep up or just mm-hmm. because we feel like we have to, you know, like mm-hmm. I will, I will take my kids and we'll go sit by a river instead of playing sports because I recognize that that is what brings us joy as a family. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, you know, in our family vision and the things that we want to accomplish as a family, sports don't play a major part. I'm so happy for families who they do, mm-hmm. but we've learned to, you know, have a, have a defined vision and, and know what the calling that God's put on our heart is and then pursue those activities that draw us closer to, to God, which does bring us joy. Absolutely. And, you know, I, it sounds like what you're encouraging is for us to um, allow ourselves to be drawn to the things that breathe life into our family. And and one of the ways, the first step to that is not being enslaved and uh, chained to um, expectations and uh, that maybe stem from fear, from being concerned about, you know, not doing enough, not being enough, all those typical things that we deal with. Um, I hear what you're saying is that when you're set free from that, then you, it's like you're, you were handcuffed to fear. So you overcome fear and now you're not handcuffed anymore, but now you need to move forward and you need to cultivate joy and cultivate uh, the things that breathe life into your family. So I just love that. And, you know, honestly, I love that you're mentioning books for moms as well, not just for the kids, but for moms too, because in order for us to cultivate joy as moms, it starts by cultivating our own hearts. And, um, and so I love that you're, you're talking about that as well in your book. So how do you fit reading out loud into a busy schedule? I'm sure many moms are wondering that out there, especially those who are just starting and thinking, ah, I don't have time for all of it. Um, but it needs, it, you know, it's it's one of those things I think, you know, it's a priority. Uh, you prioritize. Tell me what you think. Yeah. So to me, reading out loud is the first part of our school day because I, I'm i not just trying to educate my kids to be able to know their math facts or be able to parse a sentence. I'm shaping their their hearts with the help of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and you don't do that through workbooks. You don't do that through worksheets. You do that through stories. So mm-hmm. the way that we start our homeschool day is we gather and we read the Bible together. We sing a hymn together. And then we read these beautiful books that, that develop compassion. They develop a worldview. They develop hope and redemptive threads and that is the highlight of our day. That is the core of our learning. Mm. Then, you know, doing some copy work or some grammar facts or some science, whatever it might be as your kids age, that's fine. There's a place for that. But I would never replace the reading out loud and, and even just a community that comes from sitting in the living room every day and reading something and talking about it mm. or the reasoning skills or the ability to compose their thoughts that comes from those discussions. I don't, I just, it's so invaluable that I can't imagine putting some other school subject before what we would call morning time or our kind of gathering time where we're, we're reading books together and we're talking about them. Mm, I love that. And there's so much happening when we're doing that. You know, like you said, um, there's all of these actual, actually their language skills, their writing skills, their reasoning skills, their critical thinking skills, their social skills, because, you know, if you've got more than one child, they have to take turns talking and, um, and just, 
sharing ideas and being able to do that um, in that setting. And I think about that happening year after year after year with our homeschooled kids and what beautiful things that develops in them, not just, you know, you know, language arts wise and, you know, knowledge wise and all of that, but just um, being able to sit in a, in a group of people and know how to share your thoughts and listen to others and maybe affirm other people's maybe different, different viewpoint. I mean, there's so much that can go on in those conversations and all of it is incredibly educational, quote unquote, because I just feel like, you know, life is educational. And, and, but those particular scenarios are where I feel like our kids really connect with each other. They connect with their own um, ideas and thoughts and things like that. And they connect with us. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. So what do you recommend for other busy moms? Uh, As in other homeschool busy moms or what books I recommend? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, aside from the, I, I think honestly, I am recommending Mothering by the Book as almost a first step because I think that mm-hmm. a lot of what keeps us busy is the fear that we're not doing enough or the fear that that because somebody else's kid is scoring higher on this or got an award for this, that there's something wrong with us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, really, I, I think as homeschool moms, it is so important just to find uh, our own vision, you know, understand what the calling that, that God has put on our family and our heart is. And that that takes care of busyness because busyness isn't from the Lord, you know, running to and fro and being, being overly committed. That's not what you see in scriptures. I mean, Jesus had the time to be responsive to people. He was able to go and pray or go here and pray for somebody. He, he wasn't so scheduled that he couldn't be responsive. And as mothers, I feel like part of what we're called to do is to be responsive to the needs of our children. You know, if we see that someone's struggling with an attitude issue, that we're not so busy that we can't pray through it, mm-hmm. or that we see that somebody's not doing their best work, that we're not so distracted that we can't help them overcome mm-hmm. that habit of inattention. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, I, I would just say, I mean, reading a book like Mothering by the Book, where it helps you define your values and helps you understand where maybe fear has caused you to not have values or or have too many values in a sense mm-hmm. where you're you're kind of running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Right. And then, I mean, for sure, for those moms getting started homeschooling, you know, your book or the books like the Charlotte Mason Companion or Teaching mm-hmm. from Rest, books that just help you put things in perspective. And honestly, one of my favorite books for homeschooling is Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto, mm-hmm. because it just helps demystify this idea that the public schools know how to do it and we have to copy them. Right. You know, once right. we can understand, you know, and also Connor Boyack has a new one called, maybe not new, but it's called Passion Driven Education. He's the author of the Tuttle Twins books. Right. And it's also right. fabulous just in demystifying this idea that the best way to do school is what the public schools have done. And if we're not doing it that way, then we're probably failing because that would take a lot of the busyness and fear away if we just dispelled those myths. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. You're so right. That, that particular myth is just one that seems to haunt many, many moms. And I, and I say, I agree with you. I feel like getting rid of that is a huge step in overcoming fear. 
um, just understanding that education is just so much broader than um, you know math and language arts and reading and and those are all wonderful things. But we want to raise whole children. That's what, we're raising children. We're not raising robots. Um, they're very you know everything for them is very interconnected because they're people. So. We are nurturing physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, you know, so the whole person. And when we start to see that our lifestyle together is, is see it as a way to nurture our children in these ways, um, boy, I'm telling you, building that strong family life that you mentioned before, um, that is really key, I, I believe, in in really enjoying this journey and then turning out kids that are just so ready for this world. <laughs> They're so ready for life. And that's really what we want. We want to prepare them for life. So tell us about some books that have connected with, uh, that you've connected with the most in your parenting journey. Because I think as a as a, a veteran homeschooling moms, you know, we sort of run the gamut of books. And, and we, I think I, I, along with you, could probably just list a handful that were the most influential. So could you share those? Well, first of all, the Bible, obviously, because, mm-hmm. you know, you can, there's so many parenting books that I thought were, you know, so instructive, or I tried really hard to apply the methods. And then, you know, later on discovered that the person who wrote them, their children don't even speak to them or half their kids Mm. don't even speak Mm -hmm. to them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like sometimes there is a danger in relying too much on parenting books because they are written by fallible humans. And if you look Mm -hmm. at the example in the Bible, there wasn't a single perfect parent in there, you know? And so Mm -hmm. people who write that, that you could parent perfectly, or this is the one way to parent your children or something, I, I think aren't even really biblical. Right, right. But, um, you know, and and then after the Bible, really, it has been the literature, like reading the Little House on the Prairie series out loud mm-hmm. to my children. It modeled for me. I mean, the ma in that story was very afraid, was very uncomfortable with a lot of the new situations she was in, but she learned how to bring joy to a situation, how to, you know, cook something special or make a home even in a wilderness in a sense. Right. And you know, little women where Marmy is just so responsive to each of her children and listens and does her best to, uh, you know, mother them in the way they need to be mothered. Mm-hmm. Or or even in Mothering by the Book, I talk about Ernest Shackleton, who was a captain of an, of an expedition to Antarctica, and the way that he, in a sense, mothered or fathered his crew of men and brought them to safety even after a horrific mm-hmm accident. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's, there's, I've read so many parenting books, like from, you know, uh, how to train up a child or whatever to over to simplicity parenting by Kim John Payne or the conscious parent, you know, so I've read the, the wide gamut and range of parenting books, right. but I would have a hard time, you know, recommending anyone, honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I feel like so often, there's there's something important missing. And if someone takes a parenting book as a gospel manual, they can get themselves in a lot of trouble as a family. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, I think we've talked before and you mentioned um, Mere Motherhood. Was that one? Yes. Um, yeah. Cindy Rollins wrote Mere Motherhood. And I love that one because it is not a, here's the way to have perfect right. children. She was the mother of nine kids. Eight of them were boys. 
And she talks openly about some of the struggles they dealt with as a family, Mm -hmm. but she's a very faithful um, woman, a faithful mother. And so she just kept reading the Bible and reading the poetry and, and doing her best to be faithful to the calling that God called her to and trusting the results to God, which I think Mm -hmm. is such an important attitude for us as mothers to, you know, just be faithful. Right. Like a sower, you don't wait, you know, you do it faithfully, not giving up if things are bad one day or something. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like if you're, you're planting a garden or you're a farmer, you you can't, you don't have control over the elements, but you do have control over your uh, persistence, your, your faithfulness, your being watchful and mindful of uh, when and where, where to plant and, and when and where to fertilize and do all those things. And it's just really, it's, it's being engaged and, and, uh, and just being present, and like you said, going back to the Word of God for um, just our—that's th- what anchors us. So all the books are are wonderful, and they can encourage us to continue to be anxious, uh, anchored in biblical truth. Um, but that's what—that's—that's that's at the end of the day where we want to find our, you know, our principles and our mainstays. And you're right. It is about obedience to God. So we look to his word. We find out what he has to say about, about what's right and wrong and about parenting and about, you know, raising children. And we walk in obedience to that. And like you said, you, we leave the results up to him. I, I love what, uh, one of our pastors said, uh, we are in the obedience business, not the results business. <laughs> right. And and because it is God, you know, we are not the potter. We are just the clay. Exactly. So. Exactly. And so it is important for us, again, we kind of circling back around to the first thing you said about sort of being tuned in to what does God have for our family and just sort of allowing him to cast that vision for how we're going to walk out our days. And I know that he gave that to me early on. And I was just so grateful for that because it really helped me filter unnecessary things out of our lives. And, um, and, and that was very, very helpful. So um, talk about maybe some other ways that we can overcome fear. Yeah. So in the book, I, you know, there's 14 chapters and each one I talk about a different principle for overcoming fear one of the ones that has been especially helpful for me, I think we we might have talked about it in the last episode, is just learning to not say whatever I think. You know, it's so mm-hmm. easy for us as moms to feel like it's okay to constantly be venting or talking right. about how hard it is or, you know, but really there's there's some studies that say that actually complaining shrinks the hippocampus of our brain mm. <laughs> and, you know, that it, that complaining increases cortisol levels. Mm -hmm. So I think learning to make a practice of speaking life, you know, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. It says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus. So I think learning to focus my eyes on what I can be thankful for instead of what's not right in my life has been so helpful for overcoming fear and, and just helping me be a more joyful person in recognition of all the blessings that God has given me. Yeah. And that is, again, it's a practice and it can be as simple as, you know, first thing in the morning, write a little bit in a journal, the things you're thankful for, uh, or at the very least at night before you go to bed. I think that's a wonderful thing to go to sleep on. Um, just counting your blessings and um, just even writing them out in a journal, because that's where our mind will sort of sit when we fall asleep and 
Um, and that's a wonderful place to be. And it is such, such a good practice. And we know from scripture, but also from science that it's incredibly, uh, an incredibly healthy practice. So, um, can you, uh, share, were there any other ways that you had in mind to overcome fear? Was that kind of like the biggie? Cause I feel like that's a really good one. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, honestly, if there was one practice in my whole book that I feel like has been the most important for just sort of restoring me to mm -hmm. the childlikeness that you need in order to do silly things or weird things or the things that bring joy to your heart, you know, splashing through a creek when all your friends are sitting in their lawn chairs or, you know, right. swimming with your kids and all your friends are sitting there worrying about um, if their bathing suit is too tight on them or, you know, doing <laughs> the things that actually make us joyful and fun as moms. I think that forgiveness has been really key mm -hmm. in that, mm -hmm. in that area. Um, the ability to let go of judgments against people who've offended me, I think mm -hmm. brings us into, you know, the Bible says, unless you have the faith of a child, you will not enter the kingdom. And I think that's one thing that children do have is they, they, you know, they forget about things fast. They're not holding right. on to grudges and bitterness. Mm -hmm. They're not all burdened by all the ways they've been wronged in the world. Mm -hmm. And when they, when they start to carry that burden, you'll notice right. because a kid who is bitter starts to be that rebellious kid. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as moms, I don't think it, it, we often can kind of keep it under wraps a little bit, but if we are, you know, easily offended, or if we don't feel loved by God, often it's because we are harboring some unforgiveness. And so I've been zealous about forgiving people who hurt me or offend me because bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for your enemy to die. Mm -hmm. I want to be healthy. I don't want right. to be holding on to those offenses that are so life draining. Yeah. And in that process, you're setting an example to your children. Uh, yeah. This is this is what it looks like to live a joyful life. And these are the practices that need to, that are helpful in doing that. And you're actually walking it out because we know that more is caught than taught. Um, and our kids are our kids are watching us, and they notice more than than we think they do, and they notice different things when we <laughs> than we think they will. Um, but they're pretty uh, they're pretty intuitive, and so um, it it's so important for us as moms to to be to be sincerely um, pursuing the Lord, sincerely pursuing uh, overcoming fear, like you were saying, and 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 forgiveness and. Um, pursuing forgiveness and 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 also rejoicing. I mean, that scripture you mentioned earlier that said rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Well, for one thing, we know that when the Bible repeats something, it's like a bunch of exclamation points. Right. And, and it wasn't an option. It wasn't like, you know, rejoice if things are good or rejoice every now and then. It was like rejoice in the Lord always. That sounds like a command to me. <laughs> And I'm thinking, wow, you, I, I kind of tend to blow it off at first because it's like, wow, is that even possible? But I think if we practice, it actually is possible to to be that way most of the time. But it does; it's going to take some work and some self control and some discipline. And um, but oh my goodness, the results are so um, so worth it. So worth it. Yeah. So tell me where. Um, tell all of us where people can, where moms can connect with you and pick up their own copy of Mothering by the Book. Yeah. On my page, motheringbythebook.com, you can grab the links to order from Christian Book or Amazon or wherever you prefer to buy your books. 
And then also if you put your order number in there on the form on that page, there's a place to put your email and your order number. Then you can download a few gifts. There's a book list mm-hmm. of books that help me overcome fear. And then there's a peaceful life planner that can really help you start to define what your vision and calling mm-hmm. is as a person, as a family. Obviously, I'm on Instagram at Jennifer Papito, and then my homeschool resources are on Instagram at The Peaceful Press. Awesome. Well, I will include all those links in the show notes, Mom, so you can go there. And um, I, I took notes on all the books that she mentioned, so I'll put the links in there for that as well. And uh, we're just really thankful that you were here with us today, Jennifer. Thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure, Dorenda. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you that even though um, we may be walking through difficulty, Lord, and we always, as human beings, we're periodically experiencing things, uh, obstacles to overcome, but thank you for faithfully bringing messages of encouragement like the one we've gotten today. Lord, we're so grateful. We're thankful for your your faithfulness to us. And God, I just pray for every mom who's listening, um, Lord, that you would just do a work in her heart that only you can do. And I pray that every mom that's listening would feel inspired and challenged um, to overcome fear and to recapture joy. I pray that you would strengthen her, that you would give her wisdom and clear direction, that you would pour out your grace on her and that you would fill her house with your peace and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for having me, Dorenda. Have a wonderful day. You too. 